We're together for around one hour a week, but there are 168 hours in a week. So what's going on for the other 167? We've been talking for the last few weeks about, about those other 167 hours. And this morning I want us to continue to think about what happens beyond the stained glass. Who are we when we are not in this room together each Sunday morning? And I want us to think together this morning about what may be the most important defining activity that we can be involved in for the other 167. Very well could be the most important way that we define who we are during that 167. I want us to talk about serving the Lord. If you have your copy of scripture with you, look with me in John chapter 12. If you like to follow along in the Bible app, you'll hopefully find that event is, uh, is there this morning and you can follow along in that way as well. But uh, we're in John chapter 12, and we're really going to camp out at one verse um, this morning. I want us to, to think together about how we live out who we really are. Uh, I'm convinced that Christianity is a whole lot more than what you believe. It's a whole lot more than what you think. Christianity really is not based on philosophy or, um, or information. Christianity is all about having a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And when He changes your life, then your life actually takes on new priorities and you start doing new things. None is more important than serving Him. Perhaps the one thing that defines the fact that I'm different now than I was before I knew Jesus is the fact that back then I served myself, now I'm serving Him. Let's start in John chapter 12 and verse 26, and let me see if I can kind of unpack that for us this morning. In John 12 and 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The first thing I want us to talk about is how we serve him. How we serve him. He says in verse 20, uh, 26 again, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. So the way we serve him, first of all, is by following him. Uh, serving him is not just attending a worship service or a Bible study. Serving him is not a, a, a trivial knowledge of the details of his life. Serving him is not a philosophical acceptance of his teachings. Serving him is not believing in him or even talking to him or even teaching about him. But serving him is following him. It's doing what he does. It's living his life allowing him to be in control for 168 hours every week. How, what is the best way that you can serve the Lord Jesus Christ? To follow him. You follow him by saying, Jesus, you now are my goal. My purpose in life is to become more like you and to do those things that you call me to do along the way. We follow him by saying, you know what, this life is no longer about me. Now my life is about you. 
sometimes I think we make the mistake of saying, well, if I, give, if, if I say my whole life is going to be about Jesus, well, don't I have to be a preacher or a missionary or something like that? I don't want to go to Africa. In reality, when he says, when, when we talk about making our whole life about him, that takes place on all kinds of different ministries and mission fields. A classroom is a mission field. A construction site is a ministry site. A, a, a pharmacy or, or a dentist office or a business office or even a tax office can be places of ministry. As long as we do what we do for him instead of us, we can learn to follow him. You see, that's, what, that, that's, that's where we begin to see that change. Christianity is about the fact that I have been changed by Jesus Christ and my life no longer is about me. Now, whatever it is I do, it's about him. How we serve him, first we serve him by following him. And then we serve him by serving others. The way we serve Christ directly is by serving other people. You remember Jesus was teaching, he said, when I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And they said, Lord, when did we ever do all that good stuff? I mean, we'll take credit for it, but when did we ever do all that good stuff to you? I don't remember ever doing that for you. And he said, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. The way we serve the Lord is by serving other people. When we serve one another, we are actually fulfilling who he wants us to be and we wind up serving him. So how do we serve him? We serve him by following him and by serving others. Well, then notice where we serve. Not only how we serve, but notice where we serve him. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am... There will my servant be also. That stands to reason, doesn't it? The reason we're going to be wherever he is is because we're following him. So wherever he goes, we would be with him. Now, in everyday life, what does that look like? In everyday life, that looks like that we are serving him for all 168. We serve him where he is working. Where is he working? Everywhere we are, everywhere we go. You cannot go where he is not. And so what our goal then is, our goal is to pay attention, to keep our eyes and our hearts and our minds open, pay attention and look around and see what God is doing around us. And as soon as we see God doing something, we jump right smack dab in the middle of it and we help. We serve those involved and we become a part of what God is doing. Where we serve him is beyond the stained glass. It's wonderful to come in here one hour a week to worship him, to praise him. That's an awesome thing. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us don't, don't forsake that. Make sure you keep at that. 
But folks, that's only one hour out of 168. The rest of the 167, we want to be out there living our lives serving Him. We do that when we, we serve Him in our, in, in, in our place of business, in our school, in our home. We do that wherever we are because He's there, He's working. We serve Him beyond the stained glass out in the world where the people are hurting. How we serve Him is we follow Him and we serve others. Where we serve Him is out in our everyday life. And then let's think for just a moment about why. Why do we serve Him? Again in our text, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Why do we serve him? Because one of these days, one of these days, we don't want to hear the Father say, kid, I barely know who you are, but you are my kid, so come on in. We'd much rather hear him say, not only are you my child, but well done, good and faithful servant. You did good. That's what we want to hear our father say. Well done. And you know how he's going to determine if he's going to say well done? It has nothing to do with your bank account. Most of us spend most of our time making sure that our bank account is secure. That's what drives most of what most of us do. And you know what? There's going to be a day when all of a sudden that bank account is absolutely, totally, completely useless. And you're going to stand before the Heavenly Father. And what I hope He can say to you is, well done, my servant. Not because you got money in the bank, but because you served. That's what, he's locked, that's what he's watching for. So Jesus says, if you follow me, you're going to wind up where I am. And then when you wind up where I am, you're going to be able to look around and see what I'm doing. Then you're going to be able to join me in that and serve. And then when you serve, God's going to honor that. He's going to say, good job. Welcome home. Well done, my good and faithful servant. It is an honor to serve him. And so in Psalm 100, the psalmist understands the joy that is there. Serve the Lord with gladness. It's a joy, it's an honor to be able to hear our Father say, well done, one of these days. You know, the unhappiest people I know are people who spend all their time thinking about themselves. The unhappy people are the ones who are always protecting the way people see them. The unhappy people are the ones who are always worried about how they're being treated, whether life is fair. Does everybody give me the respect I deserve? The unhappy people are the ones who pay attention to that stuff. The happiest people I know don't really have time to worry about how someone is 
thinking about them or treating them because the happiest people I know are always focused on someone else. The happiest people I know rarely think about themselves. They're too busy serving. On a number of occasions, I've heard T-Bone talk to the uh, school faculty about Chick-fil-A. And one of the great things at Chick-fil-A, you go through and they're going to serve you. They're going to serve you quickly. They're going to serve you well. And then you say, thank you. And they say, what? My pleasure. Now, some of them say it because they have to. I get that. But for a large majority of those folks, you can sense from them that they have found something. They have found that there is pleasure in serving people. You get happy when you're able to serve. There's joy in life when you get off your selfishness and you start thinking about how to make a difference in someone else's life. As long as you are looking for happiness, you never find it. You ever thought about that? It's like trying to catch a butterfly. As long as you're trying to catch that butterfly, he's going to get away from you. But if you just sit still long enough and you hang out, there's a chance that butterfly just might come and land on you. But if you're chasing it, you never find it. Same thing with happiness. If you're trying to find your happiness, you never find it because you're never satisfied. But if you start serving others and let it happen, one of these days you realize, I didn't even know it, but for the last few months I've really been happy. There's a joy in my life that just happened because I stopped looking for it and trying to find it and force it. I thought more about others and I found this joy that I wasn't even really expecting. Galatians chapter 6 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. So then, as we have a chance, as we have an opportunity, let's do good to one another. Let's serve one another. Why? Well, for one thing, because Jesus told us to, but for another thing, we know God's going to honor it. And it makes us happy. We find joy when we honor him. Richard Foster said it well. Richard Foster is a great um, author who wrote a tremendous book on the disciplines of the Christian life. He said, service that is duty motivated breathes death. Service that flows out of an inward person is life and joy and peace. The risen Christ beckons us to the ministry of the towel. Perhaps you would like to begin by experimenting with a prayer that a number of us have used. He continues and he says, begin the day by praying, Lord Jesus, I would so appreciate it if you would bring me someone today whom I can Sir, I think most of us spend most of our prayers saying, God, send me somebody, send me something, help me this, help me that. But what if we started every day? Matter of fact, here's your challenge for the week. Every day this week, your first prayer, you can't ask for anything for yourself. Do that later during the day, you can ask all you want. 
But your first prayer of the day, you can't ask anything for yourself. Your first prayer of the day for the next seven days is, Lord, please send me somebody that I can serve today. You'll be amazed what happens as you begin to just naturally, from within, serve others. You not only find a new joy, but you also become more and more like Jesus every time you do that. And the reason I say that you become more and more like Jesus, because Jesus was about to, about to do the most important thing that he had ever done. As a matter of fact, Jesus was about to experience the most important experience that anyone had ever experienced throughout any part of creation. Never before or never again would anybody do a job as important as hanging on the cross. But before he went to the cross, he said, guys, let's get together one last time. And he got, them, he got all his, his disciples together in the upper room. He shared with them a new and fulfilled meaning for the Passover. But he did something else that night as well. When they all got in that upper room, he looked around and he said, you know what, we've all traveled a long way. We've all come in here. We all, we're all dirty. Nobody picked up a towel to wash our feet. You see, if you, if you go over to somebody's house, then the person who owns the house has a servant, and that servant's job is to wash your feet when you come in because you've been traveling, you've been walking, your feet are dirty. You're about to, to, to recline, to lay down on the floor to eat a meal. You don't want dirty feet when you're eating a meal on the floor. And so it was the servant's job to clean the feet of the people who came over. Well, in this case... Nobody was the official host. Remember, they borrowed the upper room. So nobody was the official host. So it didn't occur to anybody to take on the role of the servant and wash the feet. And so the Bible says that Jesus went over and he picked up a towel and he wrapped it around himself. And he picked up a, a basin and he went from, he went from person to person washing their feet. The towel, it says he girded around himself because it would have been a long one like this. And it's a great idea, isn't it? Because he can take the basin of water and he can kneel at their feet, wash their feet, and he's got the towel right there to, to dry their feet, and then he moves to the next person. He kneels before them. You ever notice that you can't wash somebody's feet without humility, without kneeling before them? I, I knew a guy one time. He was an older pastor. He had, he had become a statesman. He was, he was brilliant, and he was an, an incredible role model. And he was speaking to a bunch of us preachers. And he reminded us <clears throat> the most important tools of your job are the towel and the basin. 
that had such an impact on me that I wanted to have two things in my study. I, I have a shepherd's staff that reminds me that part of my job is leadership. And then I have the bowl and the towel to remind me that my job is servant. And the staff and the bowl and towel were given to me by my mother when I graduated from seminary. And they've stayed in my study ever since to remind me of what this is all about. I just want to say to you this morning, regardless of what your job is or how you spend your days, whether you're retired or you're a student or you're at work, regardless of what you do in your life, your most important tools are the basin and the towel. Don't forget the towel. And don't ever make the mistake of thinking that you're not worthy or that you're too important for the towel. In Luke 22, Jesus says, Whoever, who is greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? But I'm among you as one who serves. And in Matthew, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. To give his life as a ransom for many. Because he served. When we follow him, we become servants. Don't forget the towel.